Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. And I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Anchor app and how I got my start with the Uptempo podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, all my Uptempo Podcast listeners? We are back for another episode, and I'm your host, Blake Lane. And tonight, I just wanted to hop on here, and I wanted to give a quick little recap of the Super Bowl. Uh, The Rams ultimately coming out on top, 23-20. What a game it was. want to go over a little bit of that and give my thoughts on it. Uh, Then I want to hop on here and, and talk a little bit about college basketball, who I think ultimately could be a sleeper in March Madness. Uh, a mid-major that could be a sleeper, uh, four four to five of you know my solid teams that I think could possibly win it all, um, and then you know uh, a big game tonight between Kentucky and Tennessee. If you're an Auburn fan, uh, really hoping Tennessee doesn't get their doors blown off like they did last time. Um, Tennessee coming out with a with a dub would be huge for Auburn. Uh, coming down late in the stretch towards the end of the season would give Auburn some extra cushion in the SEC standings for that regular season title. And uh, ultimately, uh, that, that big one seed going into the SEC tournament uh, would be would be absolutely huge for the Auburn Tigers. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out on that. I'm, I'm recording this at 7.50 p.m. Uh, Tuesday night. So uh, it's about to tip off here in, in just a few minutes. Uh, really big game. Uh, and, of course, Auburn uh, gets Vanderbilt tomorrow night at home, playing on a Wednesday this week. So, uh, got Scotty Pippen Jr. coming to town. Um, so, keep an eye out for that for all uh, for all you Auburn fans. Uh, War Eagle once again. Uh, and then, guys, I want to hop on here and talk a little bit about Auburn baseball. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kicking off in Arlington, Texas. Just uh, – Want to want to you know go over their opponents and just give a real quick um, little shout out to Auburn baseball and then I want to talk a little bit about um, a guest that I'm trying to lock down for college softball. Um, she was an SEC player, played at Ole Miss, went the JUCO route first, and hopefully I'm going to lock her down to come on the show and and talk a little bit about her journey, starting off in JUCO, then going D1, and then ultimately. Pitching Ole Miss to an SEC tournament championship uh, and probably one of the greatest things that we have ever seen in the sport. Uh, it was absolutely insane if you if you follow uh, uh, college softball. Uh, absolutely incredible. Pitched every single pitch for Ole Miss in that tournament. Um, just, just crazy, beyond crazy. And um, so, yeah, that's where we're at on the show and, and going to, you know, really try to hammer home 
college softball and college baseball as it as it uh, continues with college softball and baseball kicking off this weekend. So I'm really excited about that. But turning uh, over to the Super Bowl, man, what a venue, SoFi Stadium, uh, the city of Los Angeles, Hollywood, the lights, cameras, action, the celebrities that were there, just – Leading up to the game, the intros, the rock standing at the 50 before kickoff, given the the just the intro for the AFC and the NFC, the Rams and the Bengals, and do you smell what the rock is cooking? Just I mean, everything you thought it was gonna be, it was. And I put on social media uh during the game, I said you know, I think every Super Bowl just needs to be in L.A. from here on out. Just put it at SoFi Stadium from here on out and let every Super Bowl be in L.A. because that's where it belongs, honestly. It was it was everything that we wanted it to be. Um, the halftime show, absolutely incredible. Uh, if you didn't like the halftime show, I don't know what to tell you because uh, you were probably 60, 70 years old um didn't really listen to that music i guess when you were coming through high school or whatever um i don't know that's the only two things i can think of if you didn't like it you were either 60 or 70 years old or you just didn't get into that kind of music because when i was in high school that's what we were listening to um i'm i'm about to be 31 years old so you know dr dre uh snoop dog uh Ice Cube, you know, I mean, Ice Cube wasn't there, but he's the L.A., the Compton. Um, you know, Eminem was big. Uh, the Slim Shady Projects and, you know, the Lose Yourself and 8 Mile Movie when we were coming up. Um, 50 Cent, man, Get Rich, Die Trying. Um, just, I mean, you know, he had a movie, Get Rich or Die Trying. You know, I mean, it was just all the good stuff, man, growing up and the, the, the music and Dr. Dre sitting down on the piano and, and hitting the Tupac and just absolutely incredible. And Eminem taking the knee for Tupac, um, just bowing down to a, an all-time great and um, Mary J. Blige just coming out there and, and can absolutely uh, just blow the doors off with the vocal cords that she has. It was absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. They could have they could have left Kendrick Lamar out. Um, not a legend, in my opinion. Um, I'm sorry, I just he didn't really fit in with that group, and I wasn't a huge fan of his part. Um, but that's just me. Some people really like Kendrick Lamar. I think they could have left him out, um, but. Man, Dr. Dre kicking it off, Snoop Dogg, that was absolutely incredible. Um, thought it was just everything that we wanted it to be. And then getting to the game, man, the game, just hell of a game. The ups and the downs in the game was absolutely incredible. You had OBJ kicking it off. Um, Hilton could, you know, had so much trouble covering OBJ. Um I mean, he was getting loose. He was, you know, the zone coverage, he was getting loose. Um, had the really big third and 11 pickup in that zone coverage. Just uh, he was giving the Bengals fits, giving them fits. Uh, hate to see OBJ go down. 
it was uh, a really tough time after OBJ went down for the Rams to move the football because Cam Akers was non-existent in this football game. The Rams could not move the ball uh, running the football. They couldn't do it. Uh, the Bengals' defensive line played really well. Um, they, they were getting after Stafford early and often. And, uh, you know, kudos to the Bengals' defense. Uh, you know, after OBJ went out, they, they shifted over to Cooper Cup. And, and you know, hey, it, it, the Rams are struggling. Um, you know, the Bengals – they started off sluggish, and, and we all knew the Rams were gonna. They were gonna, you know, just absolutely um, impose their will with the Bengals' offensive line, and and that, that is what they did. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, man, those dudes. Aaron Donald is the best player in in the NFL, uh, hands down. I thought he should have won MVP. I understand why they gave it to Cooper Cup, the two touchdowns, the uh, the the game winning drive. Look, uh, I think he had four catches, 39 yards on the game-winning drive. Um, I, I understand it, but Aaron Donald won you that football game uh, on that third and one stop, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Stafford, 26 of 40 for 283 yards, three TDs, had two picks. Um, but, you know, and we'll talk about one of the picks um, that was really crucial in my opinion to the Rams coming out on top of this football game. Um, Like I said, Cooper Cup, eight receptions, 92 yards, two TDs. Um, And, and, hey, Joe Burrow, 22 of 33, 263 yards, one TD. The the one TD was the big touchdown after – right after half to T. Higgins. Very controversial um, (laughs) with, you know, Jalen Ramsey pulling him down by the face mask. That's why – you know, we can't really blame officials. You know, I, I saw a lot of stuff on social media about, well, the officials at the end of the game and the flags. Look, it's kind of hard to blame officials because, hey, you missed one right there and, and the Bengals got seven out of it. So, you know, I don't want to hear blaming the officials and all that on uh, on that Cooper Cup holding call or pass interference, whatever they called it. Um so you know that was that was big for Burrow right there, and and that put Cincy up on top, and um and you know Joe Mixon was the first Oklahoma uh, alum to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Who would have thought? Um, incredible, incredible. But uh, they did that, and uh, he threw T Higgins a, a little nice little touchdown pass. Um, and uh, he had 72 yards rushing, and, and we'll talk about uh, one of the plays where he was not in the game um, that was absolutely crucial. So, you know, getting to it, I want to go back to that uh, after half, you know, the Bengals, they come out and they scored with the T. Higgins yanking uh, Ramsey down by the face mask and, and getting a long touchdown. Uh, put them up, I think it was 17 to 13. Um and then the Rams come back, and Stafford gets picked. And the Bengals are set up, prime position. And I said it on, on the preview when, when uh, D-Lane and, and DG and Tony were on here that, that the Bengals, they couldn't kick field goals. And I thought that that right there was the turning point in the game where Stafford got picked for his second pick, and the Rams' defense held 
they held Burrow and 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 um, McPherson had to come out and he had to nail a field goal, and that kept the Rams within striking distance. And it was just a huge, huge play to me. Um, where if you score right there, you know it, it, it's 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 probably over. Um, honestly, I mean. It's 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 probably over at that point. Um, you know that that would have that would have made it um, that would have made it twenty four to thirteen, and you know you kick a field goal and and the Rams come right back and they kick a field goal. So it was a huge momentum shift in the game right there to me, um, and you know when when the Rams come right back and they kick that field goal, you know, they answered and, and you felt right there that like, Hey, you started, you started getting that feeling like, man, the Rams, they're going to go on a game winning drive. You know, it just felt different. And that was the Bengals opportunity to, in my opinion, put the game away, put their stamp on the game and they couldn't do it. And then you turn right around and you give up three points to the Rams and it just felt like, man, the Rams, they got it within four, and they made a huge stand, and they're just about to get it done. And sure enough, here comes Matt Stafford, the last drive of the game, Cooper Cup. Um, they get down, uh, and, you know, they're inside the the 10, and, and Cooper Cup on the goal line, they throw the flag, and you know that they call pass interference or holding or whatever, and uh, and hey, it is what it is. You can't get mad about officiating. Like I said, they missed the T. Higgins call, and it is what it is. Hey, Eli Apple couldn't he couldn't he couldn't stop Cooper Cup. So um, they Stafford hit the little back shoulder fade on on Eli Apple, and then uh, the Rams were smoking the Apple Pack, and. Uh, that put them up right there at 23-20. So, you know, the Bengals, they get their chance, a little over a minute left, and you get to a third and one, big part in the game. I think the Bengals still had two timeouts, and you got Samaje Ryan in the backfield. Um, Zach Taylor, I don't know what was going on there. Why do you not have Joe Mixon in the football game? Um, the, the Rams defensive line imposing their will. Aaron Donald just – an absolute freak of nature stops Samaje P. Ryan a yard for no gain, a yard short of the first, uh, with a forearm tackle. Just absolutely insane the strength the dude has to shed a block and make that stop. Um, I just think it's uncalled for right there for the Bengals not to have Joe Mixon in the game. I mean, one of the worst calls of the season, in my opinion, honestly. Honestly. Um, and I, I'm okay on fourth down. You know, I, if you're going to throw the ball on fourth down, I get it. You have P. Ryan in the game. But, look, you still had two timeouts. You didn't have to throw the ball on fourth down. Put Joe Mixon in the game. You still had two timeouts. One timeout. Who cares? Man, get, pick the first up. Pick the first up. When I saw them – 
when I saw them come out with P. Ryan in the backfield on fourth and one, I said, oh, no, they're throwing the football. It's not good. People, Your offensive line is absolutely terrible in the pass blocking. And Aaron Donald had been – him and Von Miller just been living in the backfield in the second half. And, and you got to be sick as a Bengals fan because there's an overhead shot of Jamar Chase – Ramsey slipping and falling down, and Jamar Jamar Chase is wide open down the sideline, but Burrow didn't have any time to to get the throw off, and uh, and and the Rams win the Super Bowl, um, and you know Stafford getting him a ring, um, Richard Sherman coming out and saying that Stafford's not Stafford's not a Hall of Fame material, whatever. I disagree. Um, this isn't the end of Stafford's career. He leaves Detroit and he comes out to LA and wins a Super Bowl in his first year. Uh, was with absolute dog shit teams in Detroit. Okay, and I, and I've heard the argument of well, Detroit didn't stop Megatron and it didn't stop Barry Sanders. And okay, that's true. Look, Matt Stafford hasn't won an MVP. Okay, he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't been named to the All Pros. But look, we know all that is popularity. All right, MVPs are fan base voting. All right, who cares about an MVP? All right, I don't look at the MVP this year. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. All right, choked in the playoffs, choked to Jimmy G and the Niners, choked. All right, it's fan base, all that stuff. The you know, the all pros and all that. Look, the Pro Bowls and 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 um, you know, the fan voting and the MVPs with these writers and all that, just uh, I'm not a fan of all that. If you don't think Stafford is Hall of Fame material, uh, man, give me Matt Stafford. Dude's a dog, and we knew it. Soon as Sean McVay put all the chips in and said, hey, golf, you to Detroit, Stafford here, they were in it to win it. All right, They made all the moves to win it. And what they do, Stafford, bang, wins it. Incredible. Um, I just wasn't a fan of Richard Sherman's argument. I, I think Stafford, his career is not over. His career is not over. And I, I think he's Hall of Fame worthy, especially in the next couple of years, because he's going to continue to do this out in L.A. If, I mean, if Sean McVay doesn't retire or anything, you know, like they were saying after the game, um, he's going to continue to put up big numbers and big stats, and the Rams are going to go to the playoffs. And and uh, with that offense and Cooper Cup doing what he's doing and Cam Akers running the football, um, Matt Stafford is going to put up big numbers. So, yeah, I do think he's Hall of Fame material. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't care less about Pro Bowls and MVPs and all the fan voting and journalists and all that, the hype on Twitter. I don't care about that nonsense. Matt Stafford is elite, people. He is elite. Man. But that's the Super Bowl 56, final Rams 23, Bengals 20, Stafford and McVay. uh, And McVay get their Super Bowl. Hell of a game. Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about college basketball. Uh, You know, I – I had, a, I had a listener tell me that they wanted to hear the teams who I thought could potentially win the NCAA tournament in March, uh, early April. And, look, 
I'm I'm not straying too far off the rankings here, okay? I'm I'm gonna give you two sleeper picks and and they're playing right now. Matter of fact, they're playing each other right now. Uh crazy. Two sleeper picks. Villanova and Providence. <laughs> um watch out for both of those teams. Villanova's actually up at half right now, uh 46 to 39. Uh, Villanova with Justin Moore. Um, watch out for him. Uh, Providence, Nate Watson. Look, two great teams. Providence has been flying high, a little under the radar this year. I uh, think they could both make some uh, some noise come tournament time. Um, my one, my one mid-major that I think could absolutely crush brackets come March. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, they played Auburn. You're being biased, you know, whatever. All right. Um, Murray State. Murray State. I honestly believe Murray State with K.J. Williams and Tevin Brown. Tevin Brown can shoot the absolute lights out of it. Um, K.J. Williams just absolutely filling it up here lately. I think he had 21 the other night. Incredible stuff. Um, Murray State is tough. They can shoot it. Uh, they can get out and transition, get easy buckets. I'm telling you, they can uh, bust some brackets. Do not sleep on Murray State. That is why my one mid-major. They only have two losses on the season, and one of them was to Auburn. So, look out. I'm telling you. Uh, of course, I think Gonzaga is going to be there. Uh, Timmy, uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, uh, Nimhard. The only thing about Gonzaga that worries me a little bit this year is uh, they don't have the guard play that they had last year with uh, they're missing Suggs. And and uh, I just don't think that the level of competition they play out there in their conference, um, I'm just – I'm not big on Gonzaga, uh, on Gonzaga. Every year I'm just – I don't never think that they can get it done. Do I think they're going to be there um, towards the end of the tournament? Yes. I know some people don't think they're going to get past the Sweet 16, but I disagree. I think they're going to be there towards the end. I'm not saying that they're national championship. Uh, they're my national championship pick, but I do think that they could win it. Um, I just – something about them. Uh, something about them, I just – they're not my national championship pick, but I think they're going to be there at the end. Um, I'm really big on Arizona. Uh, they have really big, long guards, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, uh, six, uh, Terry uh, is 6'7". Um Matherin at 6'6", six, six, can really score the basketball. Um, uh, what's I think it's Jubilus or, um, at 6'11". They get big, um, long, lanky, two towers down in the post. Uh, Coloco at 7'1". And then they got uh, Ballo at 7' at, at coming off the bench. The, I mean, they're just big. They're long. They're lanky. Um and look, I'm telling you, uh, their their experience. They uh, they've got the size, like I was saying. They can score the basketball. They can shoot the basketball uh, from outside. I, I'm I'm I really like Arizona. Um, and and obviously one of the hotter teams right now in the country, uh, Kentucky, with uh, Oscar Shibway, Ty Ty Washington. Ty 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 Washington's got to stay healthy. Obviously, um, these rolling of the ankles. Uh, and him, you know, on and off the court, um, a little concern to me. Um, 
Grady shooting the basketball, uh, Keon Brooks filling it up for Kentucky, uh, Wheeler, uh, another guard for Kentucky that uh, gives them great minutes and uh, and facilitates the basketball really well. Uh, Toppin has to get healthy uh, for for Kentucky coming off that bench, um, that bench, the sixth and seventh man uh, for Kentucky. Uh, and then, you know, I, I like Purdue. I like Purdue, um, the Ivy kid. Um, I, I like Purdue. They got routed the other night by Michigan. But um, they, they have a really nice big, and uh, Ivy can fill it up. Uh, of course, obviously, I'm, I'm big on Auburn. Um, really like Auburn. Uh, Jabari Smith, I think Jabari Smith needs to get more of a, uh, a dog about him. Um, that this is his team. Right now I think he's been kind of going through the motions that he doesn't have to be the guy. Um, But I need Jabari Smith to touch the basketball more. I need him to take more shots. I need when they get in the tournament him know that he is the go-to guy. That is what I'm looking for uh, with Auburn. But those are my teams in college basketball that I really like right now. Told you guys I wasn't going to stray too far from the rankings. Um, Kentucky going onto the road, uh, going on the road a couple weeks ago and smashing Kansas. Uh, they've been playing really, really good basketball. When they're healthy, I, I think they're one or two second best team in the country. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, like I said, Arizona with the length and uh, how they can really score the basketball. The bigs that they have, they have three bigs, um, and and I'm really impressed with them. Uh, out there in the Pac-12, um, and and obviously you know Gonzaga, like I said, I mentioned them. Uh, but Murray State people, if you haven't watched Murray State play this year, go watch them. I'm telling you, Tevin Brown from Fairhope, Alabama, you will be extremely impressed, extremely impressed. Uh, but that's my picks for college basketball right now as it stands. I really like those teams. Keep an eye out on Purdue. Um, really good stuff up there in the Big Ten. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about Auburn baseball opening up their season this weekend uh, in Arlington, Texas at the Rangers Stadium. Uh, Auburn is going to open up with Oklahoma on Friday, um, a winnable game out the gate. Uh, really tough test Saturday with Texas Tech. Um, I believe we're going to avoid their ace, though, but Texas Tech with the uh, probably the, probably the most pure hitter in college baseball. Uh, their second baseman, he's really, really talented. Um, we will talk more about that the closer it gets to the game. And then Sunday they will cap it off with Kansas State. So a Big 12 challenge out there in Arlington. Um, and like I said, I'll, I really want to talk more about this uh, baseball team. The closer it gets to Friday, I'm going to hop back on here and uh, and really give you guys uh, something to look forward to uh, if you're an Auburn baseball fan. So, uh yeah, I really like that. Really like where uh, Auburn uh, stands this year, and 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 uh, there's a lot of question marks, but um, but there's a lot of talent on Auburn's baseball team. Uh, we got to figure out some pitching, um, the bullpen, who's going to start, what's what's that weekend rotation, that SEC rotation going to be like. But like I said, there's talent on Auburn's baseball team this year. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, pick to finish sixth preseason in the West, but you know I, it's a tough ass conference. All right, you you look back um, the year they went to Omaha, I, I think they finished sixth in the West. So 
uh, they just got really hot tournament time. So that's really what it takes because um, it's such a stacked conference with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M. You know, I mean, uh, really, really tough over there. But, woo. Uh, and, guys, talking about college softball, I really want to get on this topic. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I want to cover the game of college softball. I don't think it gets the love that it deserves. And, uh, you know, I am I'm I put on social media today, you know, Alabama and Arizona was a top ten matchup this past weekend. And where was the game? Where was the game? It, it wasn't on any ESPN network. It wasn't on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, nothing. It was a top ten matchup. Obviously, Alabama won like 11 to nothing in five innings, but where was the game at? If we're trying to grow this beautiful game, why don't we have top 10 matchups on on TV? On uh, Look, in my opinion, the game of softball is fabulous. All right? it's, it's, it's up-tempo, the speed, the pace. Um, these girls are some of the most athletic – People on the face of this earth. Uh, some of the plays uh, that you see in in the in the in the women's college world series um, are, are second to none. Um, the hitting, absolutely incredible. Um, and and I just don't think it gets the 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 love that it deserves. But you know we're we're gonna try to lock down Caitlin Lee on this show and um, and former pitcher at Ole Miss who went on one of the greatest. Uh, SEC runs in tournament history, pitched every single game for Ole Miss. Um, I believe it was her junior year. Um, pitched every single game in the SEC tournament for Ole Miss that year. And and they were like an eight seed, I believe, if I got it correct right there. Um, and they won the tournament. They won the SEC tournament. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but we're going to try to lock her down here and, uh, and get her on the show to um, talk about her journey. Um, from the junior college, Mississippi Gulf Coast, that she played at uh, with my sister-in-law. And uh, and spread the love of softball, man. Get her on here and talk about uh, the JUCO route and why kids shouldn't be, uh, sh- you know, shouldn't be mad about going JUCO. And uh, talk about her time at Ole Miss and, and how we need to grow the game and, and uh, how it deserves so much more love than what it gets. But, uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. And, guys – I just really appreciate y'all listening tonight. And if you could, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews. And uh, I I really appreciate y'all hanging in there with me. And, hey, until next time, I'll I'll catch y'all. And I'm out. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 